Welcome to the Echo Podcast by Fantastic Geek. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk the Echo Season Wrap. Indeed, Pete, and uh, can't wait to dive into that, particularly, Pete, round the old Marvel uh, sphere lately to have just a wholly positive reflection has been tough to come by, so definitely looking forward to diving in to that shortly. First, though, Pete, I understand maybe the sky is not falling for Star Wars? It's not, Matt. Despite people's vested interest, complete with unnamed sources, saying that the uh, Charmaine Obed-Shinoy, uh Daisy Ridley Star Wars movie is delayed or silently canceled or quiet quit or whatever the buzzword for the morons are now uh a lucasfilm source confirmed the same day that rumor came out uh within hours uh no still uh planning to shoot this year and uh uh daisy ridley's purported salary has even come out about $12.5 million. So this is a firm commitment. Uh, this is happening, Matt, despite the fact that, uh, you know, there are people that don't want it to happen. It, it's all Star Wars is welcome Star Wars. Sometimes it is a major success or sometimes it lands with younger or older or this or that. But the overall message of the last five, eight, 10 plus years of pop culture. If you want to see a thing, go see a thing. If you don't, you don't. Um, Pete, bringing it away from Star Wars back to, we're almost at Marvel. Just want to say at the end of this podcast, we're going to, we're going to hint what's next for our, uh, our next podcast adventure. Uh, something I'm really excited about. Uh, I will say this, Pete, a corner that we have not explored as much. With some space before, uh, Star Trek Discovery's fifth and final season in April. We still don't know when in April. Uh, yeah, gonna keep the the content a coming, and uh, we've we've cooked up a little something something, and uh, try to feed all areas of our listenership. Pete, bringing it back to Marvel once again. There have been leaks from the outdoor filming of Deadpool three uh, or. <laughs> I film a thing outdoors and people can see it in an era of 360 degree stagecraft and green screen. Huh. I wonder, Matt, if if for the Super Bowl, a little bit of buzz. Well, and th that's something that you floated to me via text yesterday. And kind of the light bulb went off. Look, I understand. I think back to when the Batman was filming. Oh, look, here's footage of somebody who's in a London park and they could see at the other end of the park past the cordon line. There's Robert Pattinson driving a motorcycle dressed as Batman. Okay. You don't. I mean, Paul Wesley wearing a Starfleet uniform in the middle of Toronto. Well, they were asking that. Look, it. In that particular case, if they thought that wasn't going to get leaked, shame on them. But what makes these Deadpool 3 leaks kind of strange, I don't know where they're filming these, but it's, one gets the sense that it's like in a rock quarry that's in the middle 
of the biggest public access park in all of the UK. Um, another way to and then let alone there's now interesting details that have come forth from it. If you didn't want people to know about and from an early movie uh, showing up in this, then don't shoot that outside. Same thing if you don't want to see a variant of options um, for things and stuff, film them inside too. So again, Pete, you floating the idea, maybe some of these are on purpose leaks. I don't know why you would ever film outside with things you are trying to keep hyper quiet. And I've yet to see a compelling argument, how it hurts the film. Yes. Ryan Reynolds took to Twitter to say, stop sharing them or actually share them, but Photoshop in things and completely in the, the tone of the piece. Um, yeah, I, I think this is intentional. Oh, oops, we got photographed. I mean, come on. You've, you've seen Jackman here in suit. You've seen some other suited things and some stuff. Um, again, the uh, Super Bowl ad will, you know, firmly launch the promotion of this film. But uh, bravo on the guerrilla campaign. Pete, bringing it back to Echo now properly, uh, you shared an article that uh, was discussing interest in a second season uh, and i think that's a great starting point for us to say these five episodes were great and if echo shows up in another marvel thing that'll be a win if there's an announcement that they're going to do a second season i think we're all anybody who watched the first season is ready for more yeah co-head writer which thankfully matt we've now done away with that after this uh amy rarden uh said that uh you know if they're lucky enough to get a season two great and just her interest in the, the Maya uh, Fisk relationship, but I'm obviously we know his story continues. We know she will show back up. I don't know if off a five episode season um, kind of like a tepid commitment, when we know they shot more and they condensed and all that's fine um, that they'll get a renewal for more. I mean, come on, Matt, <laughs> how many series for uh, Marvel studios have gotten a second season? Uh, Loki. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. So continue to be rumors about, uh, you know, will there be a vision vision quest series Obviously, Agatha is a spinoff of of that. The model more speaks to spinning them in and out of projects, both uh, TV and film. Um, so I don't know if it's even fair to expect a second season the way it's worked. This prior to all the, um, you know, condensing of... Uh, the universe, you know, the streaming slowdown and obviously the impact by two strikes. Certainly. Well, a number of thoughts come to mind. First is, you know, we used to ridicule Netflix for kind of the one and done, the two and done 
model and then what happened in the last the past three right yeah <laughs> what happened in the last couple of years netflix <laughs> losses became profits and oh so maybe i mean creatively i don't love that if there's a show i love i don't want to know it's a dead show walking when i get my 10 episodes or you know renewed for season two implied that's it you know but better to have made it and gotten it out there than never to have made it at all i mention all of this because um this monday the 22nd is when daredevil born again <laughs> is born again and starts starts uh to shoot again after its reboot from pete i was not fully aware of this it was a legal procedural and now is going to be wait for it a character driven superhero action show i think one of those two is better for daredevil than the other it's baffling that that was the case in all sorts of rumors that oh he didn't don the suit until episode eight this the the 18 episode season run what have you that was greenlit yeah it there is a reason the people that started with that show are not there anymore um and that's all i'll say about that but yeah and hence the reason now you've heard rumors that that foggy that karen will return um i've seen stuff to the effect matt that the collapse of their original plan for daredevil born again is the reason all the defender stuff is now part of the mcu timeline although i would call some shenanigans on that given the way um echo treats daredevil and fisk although pretty funny matt i don't know if you've seen this somebody had it up on twitter they recast um wilson fisk's hammer from yes, the... yes. <laughs> did you see this it was pretty good actually which look i'm sure there are people that are like look proof that it's separate universes you know give me a break that's just whatever <laughs> It's a hammer. Yeah. But I mean it's it's still pretty funny. One's like a a regular hammer, the other's like a ball peen hammer. Um yeah. Well, but can I propose this Pete? It's prop look, it's probably just a continuity error from a production that didn't care to go and look at what the original one was or again, maybe it's like, "Oh man, this scene like, got written knowing how knowing how eagle-eyed the fans are." Okay, and how much they've seen that. And, you know, here I am watching it and listening like, oh, did they take audio from the Netflix one and are playing it through the the other side of the wall? Like, are those the original parents actors, you know, audio being played? Um, but they they can't get the. I mean, that you would go get the prop versus, oh, they had this hammer. We need one that looks like that. Go to the hardware store. <laughs> go to uh, the the key grip back there. Like, who has a hammer like this? You mean, Pete, there might there might be carpenters on set who have built the sets? Who, 
can I propose perhaps and again this is probably There's just so much care taken with these shows I'm my gosh <laughs> well then can I propose a care filled answer which is sure. Fisk no, look I, I I don't doubt the authenticity of Fisk's story with the hammer that we saw in Daredevil and so forth maybe Fisk just picked up another hammer to be like the, the story he's telling her is true but he knows this is a big mind manipulation and he probably he might have just picked up a hammer on the way and to be like I, this I is the hammer that done did it and if you i if don't you, dislike the yeah. answer yeah. i don't um but at the same time i i feel the character's commitment would be to the real mccoy um Although he is a he is a liar and a manipulator, so I could I could go both ways. I just thought it was well one that somebody went and pursued that, and and looked at it and compared them, and you know we've made so much. Oh, they they recast uh, you know Pietro. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to recast Kang. They did it with a hammer. Um, whether it's Daredevil: Born Again or Echo, again, there's this notion of when Marvel Studios was finally able to review the footage, that's when they pressed the big red button. Um, to me, I, to me, that is that just shows a weird absence of leadership. Pete, I was clicking along just in the last week, and I was reminded of um, the following anecdote, which shows you another way that you can keep an eye on footage. Uh, for season one of The Mandalorian in the season finale, when the two stormtroopers played by Adam Paley and Jason Sudeikis, are punching the child. I'm sure you remember it, right? Oh, I felt it. So when they were filming that at the studio, Favreau was in his office at the studio. He had the live feed on of filming. And that's when Favreau saw how hard Adam Paley hit the puppet. <laughs> that's when he went downstairs or went whatever. Like, you know, again, he was on campus, for lack of a better word. Went in between. <laughs> well, and went in between and was like, hey, Adam, just so you know, that's a $5 million puppet. Punch it, but don't punch it. That's and, how we know. Child. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we acknowledge the character need not to harm it, not just the the prop need it it would it would stand to reason violence against maybe the most beloved juvenile character working today as opposed to uh we need another five million dollar puppet because somebody was a little rough with it um i think one would be greater than another but again the takeaway of on that show <laughs> Footage was being reviewed by, look, and obviously there's people higher up the food chain than Favreau, you know, back at Lucasfilm HQ. But, you know, the studio, the bosses were watching in real time enough to go down and give notes, i.e. don't hurt the expensive prop. We still have X number of days of filming versus this, again, this weird Marvel model of like, oh, sure, we read your script here on, you know, Again, I, I don't think we have a full sense of what Echo's season was not, but you know, somebody greenlit the one-page draft, the five-page treatment, the thirty-page treatment, the script after script after script, and then go shoot that, and then go, hey, we just saw in the footage this really is El Stinko. We got to do something with this. Um, it's 
it's a way to make two TV shows, Echo and Daredevil. Um, but with Echo here, again, the five episodes all strong. I know I've seen speculation in the last week that perhaps the uh, the forebearer flashback scenes that now start these episodes, that perhaps they were meant to be um, throughout the episodes or they were meant to be throughout multiple episodes or things of that sort. Um, it works here. It works here to transport you to a different kind of place in the MCU, just in terms of some of the more, um, well, certainly farther in the past, some of the native traditions and so forth. Um, and also just setting up the great climax of the end where the, 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 the sense of the forebears, whether it's their actual spirit or whatever, whatever it might be up, up for interpretation. But when the, the power of the forebears come to, to power echo to overcome, you know, Fisk and all of that, it's all, again, the product we got is a great product. Alakwa Cox was a guest of Jimmy Fallon uh, this week. And I encourage you, if you haven't seen it, to uh, seek that interview out. It's really well done. Uh, Fallon uh, can be a little cloying at times. Uh, I'll be the first to admit. Um, <clears throat> but he made an effort here to sign a little bit. There's an interpreter. And they talk about what this meant for Alakwa Cox to get this role, how, you know, people had been giving her, uh, you know, the, the casting announcement and she didn't think she was a fit and acting really wasn't even an avenue for her. Um, talks a little bit about, you know, her baby was backstage and Fallon got to see it and, you know, everything there. She had just had a baby in October. Um, and that uh, her scenes with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and playing against him that they came up with a device a little buzzer that it let her know when her cue was yeah certainly the that anecdote of inclusivity and adaptive technology and so forth was uh was wonderful i have to confess i was a little clear like was it because she couldn't like as I recall from their scenes, they're facing each other, and one right. would think that when he gets done talking, it's her time to talk. What I, was the difficulty? It it wasn't clear, um, but you know you could imagine, and we know how method he is. <laughs> you know, and and think too of the intimidation a second time actress might feel in the face of somebody who used to jam up his TV show because he would be angry about what was going on in the world. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm also thinking too, just obviously when you're filming a scene, it's just about whoever has the lines, but all it takes is for the director off camera to say, cut, hold on. There's an issue. There's, you know, whatever it is and how much of that is verbal versus, you know, is it Kingpin talking now or is it the director saying, Hold on, can you let's go again? More intensity, and he, you know, and and uh, whoever actor might be saying, "Well, wait, do you mean this?" There's a conversation that could be ongoing that's not necessarily. Oh, look, they've stopped talking now. I do my thing, so it certainly makes sense, as you said, Pete. It's it's a really lovely interview. Similarly, you know, sometimes you hear stories of Fallon not being a great boss and this and that the other, but the segment the segment is heartfelt. The segment is flawless. Kudos to 
the Tonight Show for making that come together. I also appreciated you got a little screen time for the interpreter. Not that the focus should have been on her, but just for the context of here's this lady who's facilitating the conversation and so forth. Um, and if nothing else, I mean, in that weird interview setting for, you know, weird for anybody, weird for Alakwa Cox, her enthusiasm burst through. And you know what, Pete, you could feel because you know, occasionally there'd be a slight delay. You know, he asks his question and the person is still in the middle of signing or, or Alakwa Cox is signing quick pause as the, the answer is, you know, is being stated out loud. You could feel the audience was just with the interview, with the support there. It was it was just really lovely to see. I have to say with these five episodes, it's really kind of hard for me to pick a, a high point and even a low point. Um, I guess the, the fourth episode where we get the background with her and Fisk, her childhood, um, even though the clip had come out the day before or the day that the show dropped, um, cause the, the media only got the first three episodes and they held back the last two, that clip with the interpreter, uh, you know, getting, uh, silenced, uh, hit formally, uh, social media before the show came. And it was one that wasn't in the batch that had been out. So people were like, Oh yeah, here we go. Um, yeah, I, I think it was, and having watched it a couple times, I think it was really even throughout. Um, I would, I would agree. And I don't mean to continue to hit this, you know, broken production turned into a beautiful production, but I think if they spent more time in the writing room originally, they could have found this again, whether it was in a five episode format or whatever it might be, they could have found this, even this through respecting the writing process more than initially had happened as opposed to the rewrite process, the edit process, the reshoot process and all that. But I agree, even as the way, even as the word to to describe this, um, and similarly, I don't mean to again define this show by what it is not, but there's not special effect issues, you know. There's not. Uh, the, I think the stunt work that you see is fantastic and feels mm -hmm. authentic and real, even if you know, as we had discussed in the first episode. If you want to pick it apart, you can start to see like, hey, here's where I think they swapped Alakwa Cox out for her stunt double and things like that. There's no shame in that. You can do the exact same. The exact same thing is much easier to do in the Daredevil season one hall fight. Like if you just logically start to say, when do you think they swap him out? Yeah, it's whenever he gets knocked off screen, a stunt guy pops out. Like, you know, you, you could figure that out, too. That's just the craft of the thing. Um but, you know, at no point do we have kind of, you know, blurry green screen issues or or even things like, oh, it looks like she's on a wire or none of that. It just all feels authentic. And it's it, it was a refreshing journey to be on for these five episodes. You got three really good throwdowns across the five episodes, the the flashback with Daredevil um, and the brutality that's brought out in that one um <clears throat> the rink battle and you know just the the use of the space and uh the setting 
and then you know i think what we felt when we podcast it at the time and you know still uh use those terms the the resonant um climax against bisque with like you said the ancestors bringing in bonnie and chola the way they're involved um that it's not just all put on maya that they don't ignore the lineage i mean this production was so respectful of and and collaborative with the choctaw nation and just the way that they went about it in a in a thoughtful sense so it only helps it only enhances that they return to that for the most intense moment well and taking a look at our final twitter poll here for echo i think that that's reflected uh, by and large in how people voted um the lowest option thumbs down meh got 3.2 percent not too shabby got 3.2 percent uh and then good to spotlight three thumbs up 25.6 percent and ref refreshing and powerful four thumbs up 67.7 percent so again the vast vast majority of people at least in our poll giving it you know a three or a four that's about right peg it you know a three and a half um and just a a job well executed um, some replies here on Twitter, Noel Gardner at Noel Camille said, overall, I really enjoyed this show from the cultural backstory to the update of in Maya's powers. I especially love her name coming from the echoes of her ancestors. King Kim, Kingpin is becoming one of my favorite villains. Can't wait for daredevil born again. Shout out to Marvel for the end card. Thanking the Choctaw nation for their collaboration. It's one thing to research a subject. It's another to have input from those who know best. With Maya and Makari, I need to brush up on my ASL. Pete, I think Noel's capturing a lot of truth there, just in terms of it. In addition to you know the interesting character stuff and the stunts and so forth, the acting, uh, it, you know, it took us to, for you and I, for a lot of people, a new cultural place. Yeah, and to reference Matt's favorite MCU movie of Eternals and the character of Makari there, yeah. No comment. Uh, we also heard from Spider-Ham Lincoln at TessLC139. I like to echo a lot. Maya is a good character to include in future MCU stories. She's not a young Avengers or Thunderbolts type, but I would uh, I could see her in a Daredevil storyline or something like that. I was also impressed with the ancestral Echo plot device. And Pete, uh, Spider-Ham Lincoln asks the question and posts the poll, which I'll pose to you now if you haven't voted. Better villain slash daughter story kingpin slash echo or thanos slash gamora i i voted for and i gotta go with uh fisk and maya i mean yes you have in thanos the foster father and how that plays out but we got more time with it in echo and can see more of the motivation other than I had a bad foster dad and you know, here's how it worked out. I mean, the, the manipulation, the, uh, murdering of her father. Um, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Thanos killed, uh, Gamora's mother killed her people, but 
I think it's a little bit more compelling on the uh, on the uh, Maya Fisk end. Last tweet, Pete, comes from Ben Larson. It's at Larson. Ben, really enjoyed the show. It took guts for Marvel to make a show that contains long stretches of silence and forces the viewer to pay attention to what is happening on the screen. Can't wait for Maya's next appearance. Heck, get her in Deadpool 3. Almost everyone else will be there. Uh, Pete, that's a great... There's no reason to not have Echo show up in some sort of... Again, one scene, whatever it might be. Uh, Absolutely. Great thought there from Ben. It is. Would add from Twitter, Matt, uh, bike BRH, that's at bike BRH, uh, replied uh, specifically to our last podcast, the finale of Echo. I miss the makeup thing you were talking about with Chola, but that is not the first time the makeup tells us that a scene has clearly been cut in the Echo verse, it has a verse now, Matt. Uh, in the last episode of Hawkeye, Maya has her hair down, shiny and straight, and has a full face of going out to a fancy party makeup on. They clearly filmed a scene where she was at that party. I was always surprised no one talked about it, as she looked completely different than she had in the entire rest of the show. And I replied there, uh, 100% correct. It was even kind of gothy and it screams reshoots and that we might have mentioned it at the time. I thought it was pretty apparent. I'm, I seem to remember talking about it with you. Certainly little, uh, little stitches like that were far and few between, at least to my eyes, uh, in terms of playing this game of, um, you know what's from the old show what was a reshoot and so forth um i have no doubt that there's more examples of that i would say at the end of the day i mean heck pete i think back to when we saw uh, i'm going to use what is darn near a swear word around uh you know marvel fans when we saw fantastic four um but you know when we saw fan four stick um how all you need to be told was in the reshoots, Kate Mara's in a wig. In the original stuff, you could it looks like real hair. And then just immediately for the whole rest of the movie, go real, or you, you know, go old, new, new, old, and so forth. There wasn't, things like that were not readily apparent in Echo. And I think that's a credit to the story that even if there were things like this hair and makeup continuity and things of that sort, at the end of the day, it was the story that was keeping us with it. And those other things fell away to a certain uh, degree. You mentioned Fantastic Four, and I just have to bring up the other night I'm flipping through the the guide on cable and on one of the, uh, you know, cable networks, Fantastic Four, click on it. Uh, the description is clearly the um, the Jessica Alba, um, Michael Chiklis one, but it's the one you're talking about that we don't speak its name. (laughs) Well, Pete, this has been a true joyful journey. These five episodes of echo. And I think that we're all certainly optimistic at seeing the character again, soon again, whether it's as soon as Deadpool this summer, daredevil reborn, a season two gets announced, whatever it might be. Uh, it's, it's been such a positive run. I almost find myself a bit surprised at it. Seeing as how there's been slings and arrows, from Marvel in the last year plus. I think, you know, the strength of what if season two and the positive buzz there and 
Still don't quite understand the all at once with uh, Echo, but hey, we got it. It was really good. And uh, I think people have reacted to it. And there's, you know, hunger for more of the character, if not more of the show. So, uh, yeah, bring on uh, Deadpool 3, bring on some more announcements. But uh, Matt, what what are we going to announce? Pete, we are going to announce having a run between uh sunday of next week starting sunday january 28th uh and taking us into april we are going to go to a little corner of movie dumb that uh ha- has ha- has been perhaps overlooked in fantastic geek we're going to do a dc film fest uh firming up the schedule but starting starting sunday uh i mean i don't want to say what it is but starting with one the earliest modern dc a biggie, a biggie <laughs> a um the titan indeed uh and and rolling out chronologically from there so definitely looking forward to just kind of brand new as well as old um some of these on the list i haven't seen one that's in the middle of the list uh i rejected after watching for about six or seven <laughs> minutes so we're gonna watch we're gonna watch all of them all the way through and uh looking forward to the dc film fest uh, to, to carry us through this winter. Yes, and we will, through Patreon, be adding some level of choice and interaction there. Matt and I feel very strongly to not pay wall content. Um, and again, you know, your listening is, uh, you know, proof of that, uh, but enhancing that that you know would go along with what we throw over the regular airwaves um so keep an eye out there of how you can be involved with uh this uh thing here before we get back to our regular slate of podcast of things we cover with uh, star trek discovery and pete this outing for echo has been made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek and our ongoing thanks to those who do so. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive content, all sorts of levels to choose from there. But it takes just a dollar a month to get behind that door. Can't contribute right now? Go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating in seconds. Leave us a review in just a little while longer, all of which help us out. Pete, though we are pressing pause on the MCU now as we look towards the distinguished competition, how can people be in touch with you to talk Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, and now DC? You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Threads. You can find me on Blue Sky at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,600 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter, it's looking back lost. Do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, threads, and uh, Gmail, where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the PH, all one word, like it today. As stated, Pete, we will kick off our DC Film Fest uh, Sundays. So Sunday, not Sunday tomorrow, Sunday, January 28th. And, uh, of course, looking forward for uh, any breaking pop culture news along the way. But with that, Pete, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final Echo Season 1 word. Talk to you soon.